friends, I hope you're all staying as safe and healthy and comfortable as possible, and that you're taking care of all the people and plants and animals that are important to you. Do you like award shows? My mother just called to ask me what channel and time the SAG Awards are on. She is not on the internet. My mother loves award shows, always has. I do not. I rarely tune in unless there's someone performing who I desperately want to see. I think my lack of interest in award shows stems from my esoteric tastes in music and film, and I barely watch television. Don't get me wrong. I'm curious. I'll, I'll always check in the day after the Grammys or the Oscars to see who won what. But in my opinion, the people who made the music and films I loved and felt were the best of the year rarely win. They're rarely even nominated. So I don't watch. Can you imagine if there was an award show for podcasts? Have you ever looked at the charts in the Apple Podcast app to see what's popular? Unreal, man. Rarely will my tastes be represented. The esoterica I enjoy ingesting and talking about and the niche works that inspire me pretty much guarantee you will never see anything I create on any kind of award show. And I'm okay with that. I once asked Jamie Stewart of the experimental band Shushu how he felt about the word accessible being used to describe his music. And he said, accessibility is relative. What is easy for some people is impossible to get into for others. He also said, in a million years, we would not and could not even try to get over. Meaning, Shushu attempting to make music that appealed to a mass audience was not the point. I, and I think about what he said often. In, in my opinion, uh, inspired original ideas that are executed with care and sincerity are rarely appreciated by a large audience. And that's okay. At the end of the day, I truly believe the good stuff will be found, whether that means one year after it's created or 100 years after. Hopefully it doesn't take that long. You're listening to the People Are the Enemy podcast. I'm the host of the show. My name is Andy Mascola. If this is your first time listening, welcome. I've delivered a new episode of this podcast at least once a week, every week, for just over four years. There are no ads on People Are the Enemy. There never have been. There's not even a Patreon set up for this show. The only thing I've ever asked of listeners is if you love this show and you'd like to help support it and myself monetarily and get yourself or the reader in your life a great novel, please consider purchasing one or two of my books. I'm the author of nine novels that are all available right now worldwide in both paperback and ebook formats via Amazon. And if you don't use Amazon and you want ebooks, you can find all nine of my novels at Google Play. Just type my last name, which is M-A-S-C-O-L-A. That's how you find me on Google Play. If you prefer paperbacks, but you don't use Amazon, most of my titles are available at barnesandnoble.com. BN.com, if you're tight on time. If you've already purchased any or all of my novels, thank you, thank you, thank you. I sincerely appreciate your generous patronage. And with all that out of the way, here's the quirky theme song.
Are the Enemy listeners. This is episode 217 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out. Thanks for spending time with me. It's good to have you along. You're in the right place. You're here. You're exactly where you should be. And I'm here too. Thank goodness we're both here together. And, uh, and I got some, uh, some show for you. I'm not, I don't have any guests, okay? It's just going to be you and I just shooting the poop, okay? Is that all right with you? Okay, all right, good, because I got some stories to tell you, yeah. You know, just the little anecdotes, things that happened to me during those, this past week, and I, I figured I'd start with this, this story about, about our porch. Yeah, we, we, we had our house sided. You know, you get the vinyl siding. Uh, we had that done, and uh, the house looks great. But uh, what happens is they didn't touch the porch, nor were they supposed to. They were basically just supposed to side the house. So so we've got this beautiful vinyl now on the side of the house. It looks great, and our, our porch looks uh, looks ridiculous because it's 40 years old, and it's made of wood, and it's beat to hell. <laughs> That's a nice way to put it. You know, the, the stairs are rickety and uh, mis, uh, misspaced, and even there's uh, it's kind of sagging a bit. <laughs> So, like, so it looks it looks absolutely ridiculous. And uh, my wife says, "Okay, we we really need to get the porch fixed now because this looks absurd." And I said, "Okay, I understand. Let's. I'll I'll make some appointments. I'll call some people." And and that's what exactly what I've been doing. First of all, we got we got some quotes. We got a quote from the fellas who who did the siding uh, on the you know on uh, the vinyl. And their quote was uh, absolutely astronomical and uh, nothing we could afford. I'd say I'd say ridiculous. I'm sure they do a good job. I think they just looked at the small porch because it's not big. It's, you know, eight feet by, you know, four and a half feet or something like that. And I'm sure they said uh, it's not it's not even worth it. So we're going to ask for an astronomical fee to do this job. And uh, both my wife and I said, no, no, we can't do that. And, and the other two other two people I called flaked on me completely. Yeah, one one person didn't even show up. The other person was supposed to show up in the afternoon at 4 o'clock. And uh, at 1.40 in the afternoon, this person called me while I was at the supermarket doing my grocery shopping. And, and he said, he was a man, he said, uh, he said, I'm running a little bit late. And I said, okay. And he said, uh, I've got to do some things. I have to, I think he said something like he had to take his in-laws to dinner or something like that. And he said, I could be there at 5.30. And I said, that's fine. I'll be there. And he said, okay, I'll see you then. And I thought, okay, great. And I thought, well, that was very courteous. It's, you know, it's three and a half hours before he's even supposed to be there. He's supposed to be there at four o'clock. All right, two and a half hours before he's supposed to be there. And uh, and he's calling me this, this giving me this much notice. I said, that's a pretty responsible cat there. And I was happy, you know? So I went home with the groceries and I took care of everything else. And I went about my day. And then uh, four o'clock rolled around. And of course he didn't show. He was supposed to be there at 5.30. I reminded myself, Yo, yeah, he called and told me he'd be there at 5.30. 5.30 comes and goes, no guy. Six, no guy. 6.30, no guy. Seven, no guy. No message either. And I was like, what the heck is going on? I don't hear from him for the rest of the night. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Maybe, I think it was like the next day in the morning I heard from him and he said, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, we had that snow squall, because we did, we had like a 15 minute snow squall, which, if you don't know, is just like a blast of snow, like a, like, like, like a literal whiteout, like a massive amount of snow falls in a very short amount of time, it usually doesn't accumulate too much, because it's usually very windy at the same time, it's kind of just like, it's like a snowstorm just like blowing through, it's very odd, I... I actually made a short video of it. If you're if you're on TikTok and you're inclined at all to check out my TikTok, I made a video of the snow squall. Basically, just opening my front door and holding my phone out so folks could appreciate it. It's it's kind of a wild thing. 
But he's right. There was a snow squall. And he said he got stuck in the snow squall. Uh, but again, it was very short. And, uh, and it happened much earlier in the day. And I just said, okay. And uh, he said, would you have any time tomorrow? And I said, "Well, I'll I'll see what I I'll see what I can do. I've got some things going on in the afternoon, but I'll, I'll let you know as soon as I'm free." And so we agreed on that. So so the next afternoon comes around, and I I finish up everything I'm doing. And just as I'm finishing, he reaches out to me. He said, "Hey, I'm in the neighborhood. Can I stop by right now and give you a quote on your porch?" And I said, "Yeah." It just so happens I just finished what I'm doing, and he said, "Okay, I'll be there." And I said, "Great." And not two minutes later, the guy was there, like literally like there, you know, and I, I said, okay. So he rings a doorbell. And of course our dog goes, uh, goes crazy because she is a stranger at the house. And, uh, I opened the door and the guy's there and no mask, which was the first sign. I was like, no mask. Okay. And I thought, I guess I said, all right, we're outdoors. I guess I won't wear a mask either. I thought this was kind of odd, but, uh, and then, uh, I'm looking at the guy and <laughs> like, man, I'm going to judge somebody here right now, okay? But that's just the way it is, okay? And this is the way my mind works, all right? And you'll have to forgive me, but we live in a strange time, man. We just went through an awful administration in America, you know, if you know what I'm talking about. And I look at this guy, and he's got what I call a Nazi haircut. And, and you know what? I've said this to a couple people since this happened. You know, they said, hey, how's the thing going with the Porsche? Yeah, this guy came out, he had a Nazi haircut. And they're like, what? what does that mean? And I, I guess, like, you ever see that jerk Richard Spencer, that Nazi? <laughs> okay, all right, say no more, right? <laughs> and I swear to God, you look up Nazi haircut and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. If you Google Nazi haircut, it's that weird flop over haircut with the shaved under undercut, you know what I mean? And I'm looking at this guy and then he's got like, he's got like jewelry and I'm not against jewelry, but he's got earrings and they look like bullets. <laughs> <laughs> like literally like the studs in his ear look like the, the bottom of a bullet. And I was like, what, what is going on here? And then I got, I kind of got scared. You know what I mean? Like I got a little nervous and he said, yeah, I can do your thing. I can do it. He's walking around, giving me the, you know, talking about what he's, what he could do, what he can't do. And I, and I, you know, I, I was very nice and I said, okay, all right. And uh, I said, uh, I said, whatever you think. I said, why don't you send me a quote? And he said, why don't you send me your email? I'll send you a quote. And I, so I sent him the email and he said, okay, I'll put the quote in the mail. And I went, he took off. I, okay. Look at, look at, all right. I know. Okay. I know. I'm judging. I'm judging. Right. I am. But again, it's an odd time. Right. And the guy, number one, shows up without a mask. Number two, he's got a Nazi haircut and you know what I'm talking about. Okay. You've seen it. All right. It's weird. <laughs> I know it's weird to call it that. Yeah, you can call me prejudiced, but really, I was nervous, and I thought it was odd. And I don't, I don't, I don't know. The, the guy, for all I know, could be the most, the sweetest, most nicest, most open-hearted, open-minded person in the universe, right? He could be, right? You know, I don't know. I don't know. But I know what I saw, and I know I saw it looked like, it looked like Richard Spencer was standing in my, my yard. <laughs> and, right? And I don't want to give my money to Richard Spencer. Can you blame me? Come on now. You know, I, I, I feel bad talking about it because I don't want to be that kind of person that judges, but these things happened and this stuck with me. And, it, you know, throughout the week, I kept thinking about it. They're like, how's it going? People, a couple friends, how's it going? Oh, the guy, well, the one guy came out, he had a Nazi haircut. Like my wife, I said, well, what happened with the guy? Yeah, he had a Nazi haircut. What? What, <laughs> what, is, what the hell are you talking about? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. 
I, I don't know if I'm, I just, I guess I'm judge I'm judging, I'm being judged, I'm judging by somebody's appearance, I'm pre-judge, I'm prejudiced, I'm, I'm pre-judging, right? But, you know, on top of that, the dude was late, and then, the, number, number two, like, the dude never called, you know what I mean? So, and there's that too, he's like, alright, well, you know, the, the guy called me at 140, said he'd be there at 530, and then he didn't even call for the rest of the night, and then the next day he made contact. So, I mean, so that there's that too. You know what I mean? Because I was literally waiting for the guy at 5.30. So is it me or is it him? I feel, I feel terrible. I try to, I want to be a good person, ladies and gentlemen. I'm trying to be a good person. <laughs> Look, I could have stopped. I could have stopped with the, uh, uh, he, he didn't call. And he didn't, he didn't show up at 5.30 when he said he was going to be there. I could have stopped there and said that was enough, right? But, but when he did show up with the Nazi haircut and the weird earrings, then I got freaked out. <laughs> and no mask. That freaked me out, too. That's another reason. Come on, now. He had no mask, right? Come on. Come on. Give me a break. All right. All right, I'll move on. I'll move on. Forgive me, but honestly... Three things, okay? We'll take out the Nazi haircut all and the earring all together. And by the way, I'm nothing against earrings. I had I have both I had both my ears pierced in college with, with safety pins, mind you, because I'm punk rock. Okay? So I got nothing against men with earrings, okay? I still have a hole in one of the ears that, that never closed up, okay? So I got nothing against earrings. It's not that. It's the the kind of earring that we're gonna look like a bullet. I hate guns. I hate I hate guns. Alright? Okay, and I hate Nazis too, alright? <laughs> All right. <laughs> that, that was hard to get through. I'm sweating over here. I'm literally like sweating. Like my brow is sweating just because it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's like one thing to think this prejudice and be prejudiced in your mind. But when you speak it, it's like, holy crap, I'm a, I'm a prejudiced person. And I guess I am. Had he not been late and showed up with the Nazi haircut and the, the, the ear, you know, the bullet earring, would I still have felt like, like the way I do? I don't know. That's a good question. The point was there were two strikes against him. Maybe I was just looking for a third strike, right? No mask, late, without a call, Nazi haircut. Okay, one, two, three. You're out. How's that? <laughs> don't judge me. <laughs> Only I can judge. I judge other people. You don't, I, I'm the one who does the judging. <laughs> you hear about something else that happened this time at work? I don't mind talking about this, man. This is... Because I feel like this wasn't my fault, right? So, like, this guy, this customer we had is in Texas. And uh, and he says, hey, I'm looking for this 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 piece of equipment. Can you get this piece of equipment? And, and I sell solar equipment, okay? I work for, I should say, I work for a company that sells solar equipment. I'm not a, a, a salesperson there, okay? But I help people get what they need, right? And this, this, this guy calls and he says, hey, can you help me get this piece of equipment? I'm in Texas. And uh, I say, sure. Now you look at a map, okay? Look at a, look at a map of the U.S., all right? And look at Texas, okay? And look at California, all right? And then look at Texas and then look at Massachusetts, all right? And you tell me, you tell me which looks closer. I, just eyeballing it, okay? Just eyeballing it, all right? Which looks closer? Do a measurement with your finger, okay, on the map. You'll see what I'm talking about. California looks closer to Texas, right? So I tell the guy, I said, look, we, well, we could probably get this part and have it shipped over to California, and uh, it'll be a lot cheaper for you to, to have it shipped 
from our warehouse in California to you in Texas. And he says, okay, let's do that. So I reach out to our fellow who, who is the purchasing person, and uh, I tell him that I need this part. And I said, I needed to have it shipped to California. And then he looks into it and finds out, you know, that the customer's from Texas. And he said, all right, it'll be shipped to California. But why did you tell me to ship it to California? Everything we ship to Texas ships out of Massachusetts. And I said, uh, I said, uh, well, uh, you know, I, you know why I did it was because I looked at the map. <laughs> and then he said, uh, yeah, well, if you, if you, if you knew, I, I forget how he put it, but he put it in some, something to say like, look, don't do this again. You screwed up anything that's, you should have known that anything going to Texas comes through California. And I wanted to say, look at a map. I wanted to say more, but you know, it's just, you gotta get along with people. Uh, but anyway, so then I get, <laughs> I go, I'm crazy, right? I get crazy. I'm like, cause I, you know, I, I, I feel like I've been put in my place and he says, isn't it obvious? It comes from Massachusetts. And I wanted to say, no, it's not obvious, but I didn't say that. But I went to, to my team, my group of people. And I said, look, I said, call me insane, but if you were looking at a map of the United States and I put a map up there, you know, and Texas is highlighted and I said, wouldn't you, wouldn't you, if ordering parts, have them come through California rather than Massachusetts if they're going to Texas? And everybody said, yeah, yeah, see what you mean, see what you mean. And then, of course, somebody comes back and says, well, here's a list of the different states and here's where, you know, they put me in the place like, okay, all right, all right, I see it. All right. I was wrong. I understand. But then I get even crazier with this. Like, it makes me this mental. I, I, I literally like Google like the 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 miles distance from California to Texas and the, the amount of miles distance from from Texas to Massachusetts. And guess what? I'm right. <laughs> I was right. It's there's 500 more miles from Texas to Massachusetts than there is from Texas to California. So suck it. <laughs> I didn't tell this person. Then go back to this guy and say, "Hey, hey, just so you know, like I, I thought about it. <laughs> I don't know what was that need to be right. You know what I mean? But what a day that was, man. I really wanted. All I really wanted was like I wanted the guy, the guy who who was doing the purchasing for me and corrected me to say, I, "This is what I wanted him to say." Okay. If, if, if people did what I wanted them to do, this guy would have said, Hey, Andy, I understand that on a map, it looks... Texas and California look closer than Texas to Massachusetts. And, Andy, you're right. The mileage difference from Texas to California is 500 miles less than from Texas to Massachusetts. But all the product coming into our Massachusetts office, that's what gets shipped to Texas, not to our California office. I really just wanted that clarification. I just wanted to know I wasn't insane. You know, making a guy feel it's like I'm scratching at myself right now. I'm like scratching at myself like a crazy person. Like, like oh, I'm not crazy. <laughs> I, I mean, come on now. I'm not crazy. And like, I, and that's as far as I, I, I let it go, right? I, I put up the map and I say, hey, hey, hey uh, team, I'm not insane, right? If, if something, somebody was in Texas and they wanted an item... You, we'd have it shipped from our California warehouse, not our Massachusetts warehouse, right? That that would make sense to most people. And and people said, yes, Andy's right. Of course, they're just humoring me because they're on my team and they don't, you know, they know I'm, I, I'm, I'm pulling my hair out, you know, just because I need to be right, I guess. 
I don't know. I don't, I am not that kind of person. I think I just wanted, like, I just wanted somebody to recognize, the, the, I wanted the fellow who put me in my place to recognize and stop and say, hey, Droopy D. <laughs> I absolutely understand you looking at a map and thinking uh, that California is closer to Texas than uh, Massachusetts is to Texas. And by mileage, you're absolutely right. But when we ship our product, our customers in Texas product, we ship it from our warehouse in Massachusetts. Okay, this is just the way it is. I understand California is closer to Texas by 500 miles. I understand that. And I understand how looking at a map you'd think that. I just wanted that. I wanted him to kind of just let me down gently. Is that too much to ask? Am I that sensitive? I guess. Regardless, I'll never forget. <laughs> I'll, I'll now never forget, right? Oh, my God. You know, I left... Uh, I left a pair of scissors in the refrigerator today. <laughs> I'm losing my mind, guys. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. I, I, I cut open a bag of salad for lunch. And I don't know. I think I must have just thought, scissors go in drawer. Right? And I opened up, like, the, the fridge and I put them in, like, the cheese drawer. Do you have a cheese drawer at your house? <laughs> In your fridge, I put them in the. I put this the this pair of scissors I opened the bag of salad with in the cheese drawer and shut it. <laughs> shut the. Refrigerator. I didn't even realize I did it. My daughter did. She went and she said, "Uh, Dad," and I said, "Yeah." She said, "Can you come here for a second, please?" <laughs> and I said, "Sure." And uh, I walk in the kitchen, and uh, she said, "She said, is that a pair of scissors in the cheese drawer?" <laughs> I look like, yeah, yeah, it is. I wasn't, I, I wasn't thinking. I was just moving. I must have been moving too quick. I take them out and I put them in. She thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Oh man, it's been one of those weeks, folks, and one of those weekends, I guess, that happened today. Whew. Have you been watching Genius, the Kanye doc? Yeah. Listen, I've, I've talked, I've talked crap about Kanye West on this show. I know, and I barely, I barely like to, you know, mention his name. But I'm going to tell you something, like. This documentary, at least I saw part one and part two on Netflix. It's called Genius. It's dynamite. It's literally raw footage from the last 20 years. This guy just has been following Kanye around since he was a teenager, like before he had a record deal. And he put together this amazing documentary of just raw footage of Kanye. And you just remember how wonderful Kanye was at one time, you know, in the early aughts, and how pure and how, like, driven, and how um, excited about music, and funny, and personable, and yeah, he he believed he was going to go all the way, which takes a, an amazing amount of ego, for sure, so the ego is there, of course, but he's also extremely charming, charming, and charming, <laughs> no, he's sweet, man, he's sweet, and it's just like, you watching? I'm watching it, man. I'm like, I miss him. I miss that dude, man. I miss that dude. I don't like this MAGA hat wearing creep that we have, you know. Now here, he's, you know, I, I, I don't know, man. I believe people can come back around, and I kind of wish he would, but you know, I, you know, he even said it. Remember that? I miss the old Kanye. Yeah, straight from the go, Kanye. Yeah, I miss the old. I'm that person. I miss the old Kanye. And guess what? It made me break out the old albums. Watching this documentary, you know, I was, and I was saying to my wife, I said, you know, I was playing in the kitchen. I'm like, don't tell anybody I was listening to Kanye. <laughs> I 
because I was embarrassed, you know. I'm not a hypocrite. I'm telling you, man. I, you know, I put it. I think I put it. I know I put it on social media that I was watching Genius, this Kanye doc, and yeah, man. And I'll watch the third, the third, uh, the third, the third episode of this documentary, man. I'll complete the whole thing because it's it's a it's fantastic, and I'm I'm dying to see where it lets us off because at this point we we've watched him come up and try to get a record contract, get a record contract and, and record the college dropout. And it's a huge success. His first album, of course, 2004. And, uh, and then who knows where the third installment's going to go. I'm dying to find out. But, um, speaking of installments, you love her. You know her, you love her, you can't get enough of her. I can't either. I'm going to, I'm going to hand it over to our pal, Rachel. From Des Moines. Here's uh, Rachel's Chart Chat with Rachel from Des Moines. Enjoy! Hi, this is Rachel in Des Moines and welcome to another Rachel's Chart Chat. Thanks to everyone for listening last week. I'd like to do a couple plugs at the top here. You can check out the playlist for this segment on Spotify. It's just Rachel's Chart Chat. I do also have the full rolling Hot 100 playlist that I do each week. Uh, if you just go on my name, you can find that. The title is 1970s AT40 and 1980s VJ Big 40. That's kind of annoying to type out, so just go on my name and you can find my other playlists. Uh, you can always follow me on Twitter at rhadaway or check out my Tumblr, Unicornery. That's just the word unicorn with E-R-Y after it. This week we've got a 1970s chart from February 16th of 1974. And we're three weeks in and I've already sort of disproven my thesis that there's these hidden gems in, in these charts beyond the songs that are known or are famous. Uh, but we'll do the best we can with this with the 74 chart. One thing that's really interesting, I think, is that there was a spoken word piece that was out around this time called The Americans, in parentheses, A Canadian's Opinion. There was three different versions of this on the chart, and two were in the top 40. Uh, at number 95, you have the version by Tex Ritter, at number 33 by Gordon Sinclair, and at number 6 by Byron McGregor. And the background on this piece is that it was a radio address given by Sinclair on an AM station in Toronto in June of 1973. And then uh, Byron McGregor uh, on CKLW in Windsor, Ontario, read it on the air. And of course, Windsor is right by Detroit, Michigan, so a lot of he has a lot of American listeners. And the whole point of this piece is it's uh, is coming out at a time when America is having a bit of crisis of confidence. And actually, he had just reported on some natural disasters that had been striking the states and some financial woes that were going on at the time. And just it's kind of just a to praise the Americans as how generous we are, supposedly with giving foreign aid to other lands and stuff. And to say, you know, I, I know you're having a tough time, America, but we stand by you. And so uh, predictably, I would say Americans kind of ate this up around the time. Hence, there was three versions of this. And the version that Sinclair did had the Battle Hymn of the Republic in the background. And the one that uh, Byron McGregor re re recited had America the Beautiful played by the D Detroit Symphony Orchestra. And it said that McGregor donated the proceeds from his single to the American Red Cross. The version at the bottom of the charts was done by Tex Ritter, who's a country singer. And he's actually the father of actor John Ritter and, of course, then the grandfather of Jason. And the, his version was released after he passed away. Uh, it peaked at number 90 on the pop charts, but it did hit number 35 on the country chart. 
the uh, Byron McGregor version made it all the way to number four. And the Sinclair original, that was the original, his was at number 24. So I would say if you like, remember the everybody's free to wear sunscreen or even the Desiderata, check this out. It's, it's, it's very interesting. And in the actual playing of the American Top 40 show we heard uh, on Sirius, he only played the Gordon Sinclair version and then just kind of said, well, we already played this, so we're not doing the other one again. And for one, I guess I was grateful because there's not, other than the different uh, patriotic tune in the background, there's really not much difference. Also sort of capturing the zeitgeist around this time is there was two different songs, I would say novelty songs pertaining to the energy crisis. And one was by Dickie Goodman, who you know from the Mr. Jaws novelty song. And I did not know that Mr. Jaws was, it's just a a formula that he had already started on this energy crisis where he does a fake interview where all the answers are clips from popular songs of the day. So just to touch on a few songs from this chart that I want to mention. Again, I think anything that's kind of most stuff that's worth listening to on this 74 chart, you may have already known or you may have heard, uh, especially, you know, when we had the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack come out. I think that brought back at least uh, Hooked on a Feeling and Come and Get Your Love, both from this chart. Uh, we've got a couple Wings songs on the chart. And sometimes people in that AT40 tag, they don't really like Wings. I do just from this era, especially because there wasn't a lot of just you know, fun rock and roll songs around this time. So uh, when you have Helen Wheels and then Jet on the chart, those are both fun to listen to. Uh, I mentioned Come and Get Your Love. That's by the group Redbone. And they're an all Native American rock band. They actually had a recently released new music video for the song that I saw floating around. Definitely check that out if you like this song. Another good one is I've Got to Use My Imagination by Gladys Knight and the Pips. Famously had a lip sync on... RuPaul's Drag Race in Season 4, done by Latrice Royale and Dieter Ritz. Definitely worth watching. Uh, the Rolling Stones have a song on this chart, Heartbreak, Do-Do-Do-Do, Heartbreaker. And there's kind of this conventional wisdom that the Stones, quote-unquote, went disco. But when you listen to this song from 73, you can definitely easily draw a line from that to Miss You later in the decade. For the 80s chart this week, we have 1982, so we're staying in that early 80s time frame. There's a lot. So we're definitely out of the disco era, but we still have bands that are making, you know, funky, danceable R&B songs. They're just not calling them disco. And it doesn't have that hard four on the floor disco beat, but you can definitely still dance to them. And one that I wanted to mention is an early single by the group The Time called Cool. And The Time were put together by Prince, um, as you may guess. For some reason, I just assumed that it was for the movie for Purple Rain, but he had put them together in the early part of the 80s and they had been releasing singles. I just didn't think they really popped until they had uh, appeared in Purple Rain. I also want to mention that I think everybody knows the song Edge of 17 by Stevie Nicks, uh, but just that intro is so amazing. And if I was a young person on Twitter, I would tweet something like, Edge of 17 goes so hard that it made Joe Cusack and School of Rock absolutely feral. This was uh, the third single off Stevie's debut solo album. Uh, the album went to number one. The song um, only made it to number 11, but I would say it's probably her most, it's kind of her signature tune as a solo artist. Also, we have Sammy Hagar as a solo artist. However, before he joined Van Halen, a song called I'll Fall in Love Again. Uh, if you know me, you know I love really sappy breakup songs. And this is kind of like the turning point of you've had the breakup, you felt bad, you listen to your sad songs, but now you need kind of a pump up song. And this is great for that. 
Uh, another song with a fantastic intro is Genius of Love by the Tom Tom Club. And I think the full album version goes on a little too long, but in that one, the intro is nice and long. So in the playlist, I put both the single edit and the album cut. Um, one thing that's kind of funny about this song is they reference all these different musicians and one of them is they go Bohannon, Bohannon, uh, which is, I looked up a uh, well-known percussionist, but there was a radio host named Jim Bohannon that used it as bumper music on his uh, AM radio talk show that I used to listen to. Up next, we have a group called Chilliwack and they have a song called I Believe. Uh, Chilliwack has another song called Gone, 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 which I really don't like. It's really repetitive, but this song is, I think, really good and it has kind of a yachty sound. I looked it up on yachtornot.com. It just slightly doesn't make the boat, but has a lot of yacht elements. I think they probably just lost out on personnel. Another song I think most people know is Abacab by Genesis. Uh, but if you don't know it, check it out. It's really, really good. Rocks so hard. Sounds really great in the car. Turned up loud. There's a so We still have a lot of our country crossover at this point. The Oak Ridge Boys had a big hit with Bobby Sue. And according to my family, I loved this song when I was a little toddler, little little tiny kid. And I had my Fisher-Price tape recorder and I would play Bobby Sue. And if I had to guess, I just liked that low low voice guy. Uh, but when you listen to this song, it's truly the same song as Bob Seger's Katmandu. And if somebody was like a student of the blues and they know all the blues uh, formations, they could try telling me exactly where it, the real the song that they both root from. But I don't know that much. Another good novelty song that I argue is an actually good song is Pac-Man Fever by Buckner and Garcia. Uh, they actually put out a whole record album of all songs inspired by video games. But Pac-Man Fever, I think, is the only one that really hit. It seems like it would be a good one to have the 45 of when you were a kid. And the last song I want to mention from 82 is Love is Alright Tonight by Rick Springfield. And I will fully admit my love for this song is covered by, colored by its appearance in the movie Wet Hot American Summer. Uh, if you've never seen that movie, it's made by David Wayne and a lot of people from the state are in it. And uh, Amy Poehler is an early film for Bradley Cooper. It's really funny. It's set at a summer camp in the early 80s. So a lot of really great early 80s songs on the soundtrack. Well, that about covers it for the charts this week. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And back to you, Andy. Thank you, Rachel from Des Moines. I love that chart chat segment. I'm so appreciative that uh, that she provides these uh, these segments of esoteric knowledge on on music history. It is right up my alley. I hope you I hope you like it also. Uh, yeah, that you know that Bohannon that she she'd mentioned with the little sample from uh, the, I shouldn't say the little sample the little, little piece of uh, Genius of Love from Tom Tom Club. That that was about uh, Hamilton Bohannon, who was a um, who was a disco guy back in the 70s. And uh, I knew that and I'll never forget at Goodwill where I, where I often find uh, diamonds in the rough, I found a, a Hamilton Bohannon album and it had him on the cover in like a tuxedo looking very dashing. But uh, the key, the cover of the album was was pretty wrecked, and the vinyl itself I remember was like super flimsy. It was like it was like they probably just said we're gonna press up as many of these as we can, and we're gonna make a killing, you know, that kind of thing. Like very cheaply produced, uh, literally in the physical format. I had to only assume. 
And so I ended up putting it back. I said, somebody else will enjoy this Hamilton Bohannon album. I don't, I don't need it. <laughs> but, uh, oh, I love that. Uh, I love that Rachel's chart chat. I really, really do. Thank you, Rachel from Des Moines. I also want, I also glad she mentioned Pac-Man Fever. Holy crap. Did I, I, I played the crap out of that record when I was a kid. Uh, my, I think my mom bought it for me at a supermarket. I think you used to be able to get records at a supermarket, you know, and I, I'm pretty sure she bought it for me there. And I just lost my mind because at that time I, I loved video games uh, and uh, I loved music. So this was like it was hitting both both buttons for me as a little kid. No pun intended. But uh, yeah, I, I ate that thing up. I, I also no pun intended. Speaking of Pac-Man eating it up. Yeah, but I played the I played the, the hell out of that record as a kid. I loved that. uh Buckner and Garcia record. Novelty songs were so cool as, as as a kid. It was just like that's such a great entree into into music or into pop. Those those novelty songs. And, and the first one I thought of when 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 Rachel started talking was um, that Baz Luhrmann song. A lot of listeners may be too young to remember, but uh, Baz Luhrmann, the director of uh, Moulin Rouge of all people, had this like spoken word song called sunscreen and it was all these rules of life to live by put over like a trip hop beat or something like that. And, uh, it was like a hit one summer, oddly enough. And, uh, but it's nice when that happens in those, those, uh, those, uh, those, uh, spoken word songs, you don't get them very often, but when, when they come across and they, they catch on, it's kind of sweet. And I've got to check out the Americans because I, that is a blind spot for me. I do not know it, but thankful, like I said, thankfully we've got Rachel to, to, to uncover these gems for us. And, and, uh, so that we can, we can look into them. And that's about all I, that's about all we've got for you this week. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the show. This has been episode 217 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Our theme song is Walrus Love by Nokia Ocean. You can find that song and more at pizzapuppies.com. Uh, pizzapuppies.bandcamp.com, rather. My name is Andy Mascola. You can purchase my novels via Amazon and other, other online book retailers in both paperback and ebook formats for as little as $1.99. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you, Rachel Hathaway. Uh, Rachel's Chart Chat. Rachel from Des Moines. We love you. Peace.